Welcome back to the Dad You Podcast. My name is Chris Sherrod, and I'm the Marriage and Family Director here at Watermark. So glad you've joined us. I'm excited, again, about the chance to get to do this. And my goal is really that dads, you come away encouraged and equipped to, to live out the role that God's called us to. And that's my prayer, is that this is really practical for you and hopefully encouraging. So here's what I want to do. I had mentioned in our very first podcast the the four attributes of really faithful fathers. And the key verse that we are always going to go back to is found in Deuteronomy 6. And just to give some context, this is right before Israel went into a crazy environment, a culture that was pluralistic, was violent, was obsessed with sex and all kinds of perversion. And and yet God wasn't freaking out. Uh, he wasn't worried. And he he basically said, here's the main thing that I want you to do is you, first of all, love me with all your everything. And my word is on your hearts. And then the first application after that is pass this on to your kids. And so the the formula in general that that we're going to keep going back to, and again, when I say formula, I just mean something that I should follow. It's not this guarantee that always means the same output is going to happen. But in general, it's going to be I personally possess and then I intentionally pass my faith. So I personally possess a, a genuine though imperfect, but genuine walk with Jesus. I'm living for the name and fame of Jesus and thinking kingdom-mindedly, and then I'm intentionally passing on to my kids what that faith is. And the reason I love the Deuteronomy 6 passage is it gives you four windows of opportunities. Like, hey, your home should be a word environment, but let me just give you four four specific ideas on when you can do this. It says, uh, teach them diligently to your children, literally sharpen or pierce your children with God's word by talking of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise. And so there's four opportunities given there. And what I want to do today is really just explain, uh, give you ideas on how you can make the most of those four opportunities, because you have them literally every single day. And I will go ahead and tell you my favorite book right now that um, you'll hear me talk a lot about is called Habits of the Household by Justin Early. And he very eloquently, but very in a very encouraging way, talks about how our households can be places of intentionality. And he covers those four areas and a whole lot more, how to deal with screen time and discipline and even date nights with your wife, all those things. But it is really very accessible. And the reason I say it's encouraging is as you read it, he is not coming across as uh, he's arrived, he knows it all. He describes very chaotic, stories that I can relate to as a dad, because I've literally never had a family Devo go the way I want it to go. And I just feel like there's so many random things that happen. But as I read this book, I'm really encouraged and it feels very doable. Like, okay, I can, I can do that. So with that in mind, what we covered in our first podcast was that faithful fathers are men who do four things. They passionately love Jesus. They own the role of disciple maker. They create a word-centered home we mentioned a home of grace and truth, and then they initiate faith conversations. So this is what we're going to talk about really today. What are things that we should do? What are things we should initiate and how should we do those? I think that we live obviously in a really, really crazy time. The way I'm kind of describing it, the analogy that I'm using is it's like we have a game board, a blank game board that we're giving to everybody. And we've told them, make up your own game, your own rules, your own objectives, and you're in charge. It's whatever you want it to be. That's the world that we live in. And that's what our kids are being told, that you decide truth. Um, There's no absolute truth out there. That's what's happening in our culture with gender and making up all of these different names and um, identities that have never been around before. We're, We're literally inventing stuff 
because it's finally sunk in for a lot of people. Like, okay, if there's no God, then I really am the uh, the person in charge of my own game. My own life is what I want it to be. And uh, basically, it's whatever floats your boat and just don't rock my boat is kind of the, the two big mottos of our culture. So what I want to cover today is those four areas that are mentioned in Deuteronomy 6, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up, and how you can initiate faith conversations during those times. And I think for sure, kind of at a minimum, let me just give you six areas that I feel like I've got to make sure that I am taking the initiative to talk to my kids about initiating these faith conversations. The big one is salvation. What is the gospel? Things like baptism and Bible study and worship. Like those specifically, I need to make sure that I'm the one doing that. I'm not expecting this is going to be done by uh, the church, by teachers, but I am making sure that I'm initiating those conversations, knowing where my kids are at, explaining the gospel to them. And then if they trust Christ, then we can talk about baptism and what that's about, what it means to study your Bible, why we do worship. And then as time goes on, I think all along the way, I need to be the one initiating even conversations about what we believe and why we believe it. So that's theology and apologetics. Like here's the basics of the faith, just reminding them these are some essentials. And again, I think we expect the church is going to be doing that, but I'll give you some ideas on how we can even do that ourselves. But then also why we believe it. And even um, sometimes playing devil's advocate. I've enjoyed doing that with my kids, of challenging their beliefs and not allowing them just to have this unquestioned faith. I think uh, having unanswered questions is really important that we're dealing with and, and, and addressing, but I think a lot of kids have unquestioned answers. that They just, here's what I've always said, this is what always got me through Sunday school, but they've never really thought about it. So what we believe and why Um, Another area that I need to initiate as a dad is just how to stand for what's right, how to be confident, how to have courage, and just remind them of what our convictions are and just getting them ready. Like there's going to be times when you you might be the only one amongst your friends or in your classroom or on the team that is going to, you know, disagree or is not going to laugh at that or hasn't seen that movie or doesn't believe that. And you've got to get them ready for um, how to have confidence how to be gracious in those circumstances, to speak um, gracious words, but to be courageous, um, speak, speaking the truth in love. Another big topic that we're just, because this isn't going away, is, is technology. I've just got to talk to my kids and warn them and teach them self-discipline in the area of technology, whether it's screen time on their phones or just games. That's a big one. But um, whatever that looks like, I've got to make sure that I'm equipping them, I'm protecting them, uh, I'm guiding them and helping guard their heart in all of that, because just the number of hours that this can, even in my own life, that I can just find myself mindlessly scrolling and being entertained can be crazy. Um, The word amuse um, isn't a word that we have um, broken down very much, but the word amuse literally means not to think. The word muse means to think. And if you put an A in front of anything, it negates the second one, like atheism is no God. Um, The word amuse actually literally means you're not thinking. And we are, um, there's a book I came across years ago called Amusing Ourselves to Death. I just don't want to be, I'm just being amused all the time. So that's the first four that I I think you should cover. Uh, Other one is the kids get older. I really want to guide them in what uh, healthy relationships look like, friendships uh, and dating for sure. And you've got to, we're going to have a podcast all about that later on, what your standards are going to be. And I'll share with you what the Shareds did, but friendship and dating expectations. And then the big awkward one is you've got to be the one to talk to your kids about sex about gender, about porn, about modesty. And those are things just I would love to not have to talk to uh, my daughters about modesty or 
how boys think or have to talk to my sons about um, battling porn and lust or explain um, what's going on in our culture. But that has got to be my job because otherwise what happens is my kids think either, well, dad just doesn't know, he's ignorant, or he apparently doesn't struggle with those things. And either way, it doesn't create this climate where they feel like they can come talk to me. So those are some things for sure I need to, to be initiating. The question is, when do I do these things? And again, Deuteronomy 6 tells you, you can do this when you sit in your house. For me, that's most often at the dinner table when we as a family are sitting together, which is when you walk by the way for us, that's just in transition, usually in the car. And then when you lie down, that's bedtime. When you rise, that's uh, morning time. So uh, I just want to throw out a whole lot of ideas. And I, my challenge for you at the end of this podcast is just pick a thing. Like, please don't feel overwhelmed. Like you've got to jump in and do all of these things all at once. A lot of these things we've done um, through the years, some of them we still do, some of them we haven't done as much. Um, so I'm just going to share with you a bunch of ideas. You need to take the one and figure out, so what is one thing that I can begin to apply? But the goal is, how am I making the use, uh, making best use of those times? And it doesn't have to be perfect. Uh, a lot of you have heard me say this a couple times before, but G.K. Chesterton has a great quote where he says, if a thing is worth doing, it is worth doing badly. And I think that was shocking to me when I first heard it because I think, wait, don't you mean it's it's worth doing with excellence or with all your heart? But what he meant was, uh, if something is that important, even if you fumble and stumble through it, you did it. So it does not, and again, like I said, my family devos have never gone great. And uh, talking to my sons about porn or sex, I've fumbled through that. Talking to my daughters about modesty, um, I've fumbled through that. But the point is, I did it. I uh, it was important enough that even if it if it went badly, I did it. If praying with my wife is that important, if it's worth doing, again, fumbling and stumbling through a prayer, just a simple end of the day, thank you, Lord, for our day, and um, that you did it. It's that important. So just a reminder there as we, as we talk about these things. Okay, so four areas. The first one, when you sit in your house, like I mentioned, that is most often when I'm sitting down. Uh, at the dinner table with my family. And so what we do for the most part uh, as a family is this is kind of our first time where we're all together at the end of the day or, or the first time really after most of our day has passed. And we always do highs and lows of the day. We just go around, everybody share, what was your high? What was your low? And there's no other agenda other than just tell me about your day because uh, I don't like after that, well, that reminds me of a Bible verse. And now let's turn to it. Like, I don't do any of that. It's just great. Great to hear about your day. And that might prompt some other questions about, oh, I'm so sorry about that low or that is so awesome about your high. But either way, we start our day um, with that. But even going to the meal itself, I just have to even remember that I'm teaching them how to pray by how I pray. And there's been so many times where I've asked my kids to pray and they just pray really lame, generic prayers. And it bugs me, but then I have to go, well, where did they hear that? They learned it from me. So they pray these, you know, thank you for everything you've given us. Give us a great day. And it's like, what does that even mean? Give give me a great day. Does that mean everything goes my way? Like, when does that ever happen? So even trying to remind my kids and prompt them if they're going to pray, like, and don't forget, pick something to praise God for or, or, or anything like that. Or we'll switch it up, pray for the person on your right, or we'll say the Lord's prayer together just to make it where prayer doesn't even sound like it's this rote thing that we just do as just I don't know. It's just part of our meal that we just started where it doesn't mean anything. So talking about that, I will tell you also, there are studies 
and you can find this in that book, Habits of the Household, but I'd read this before as well, just the effect of eating meals together. And I know that we live in a um, a city and our schedules are pretty crazy, but I just would encourage and challenge you dads even to make sure that you are eating meals together as often as possible. There's one study I read where it was a secular study. They looked at all of these kids who were pretty well-rounded and, and not you know, making terrible choices. They weren't involved in drugs or sleeping around and were, were doing okay in school. And the study said, let's let's try to find what they all have in common. And uh, it was crazy because the only thing they could find that all these kids had in common was they ate more meals together with their families. And it just is a reminder of like, yeah, there's an impact. To it. There's a little bit of consistency, setting the tone, reminding each other of what we, you know, what we value just by what we're talking about. And so just the effect of eating together uh, itself is uh, is pretty big. Um, a couple of things that you can do at the table. Um, you can use technology. I have an app that every now and then I'll pull out that's just called Let's Talk. And um, whoever the leader of the week is, which that's a whole other thing that I can explain another time, but my kids take turns on who's the leader of the week. And that solves a lot of issues on who sits where in the car and what we get to watch, um, who gets the last you know slice of dessert, whatever it is, but the leader of the week will ask them to do different things. But there is an app called Let's Talk, and it just gives you a bunch of generic questions on um, what was your favorite this, or if you could be anything like this, or about memories or, or um, you know, favorites. It's just a good way to get things going. So I'll let the leader of the week pick that. The uh, the leader of the week also lights a candle. We, we I learned this from the Habits of the Household book. I have my two boys are most often at the table just right now in our stage of life, and um, little boys sometimes like fire. And so they there is a candle and there is a little lighter there. And whoever the leader of the week is gets to light it at dinner. And as they light it, they say, Jesus is the light. And the rest of us repeat that, Jesus is the light. So that's a little fun thing they get to do, but also a reminder to us that he's present with us. Two other things I'll tell you that we've done at the dinner table. One is just this simple packet that you can order from Tiny Theologians with just a bunch of ABC cards. The main one that we use is the ABCs of God's Attributes. And it just goes through different either names of God or attributes of God that we get to talk about. And it is the easiest thing in the world. So A is all-knowing. And it literally on the backside just tells you, here's what all-knowing means. Here's a verse. And here's just a couple other ideas about that. And I just read it or my son will read it. And it's really, really simple and just gets us talking. And it's zero preparation. And we get to continue to talk about that or it'll introduce words that uh, you can bring up later. They they also have, they've got a lot of options, but they've got another um, ABCs of um, just Bible terms or, or the, theological terms. So A for that one is like atonement. That's a word that they're going to read in the Bible. And so just to help them know, like, well, what is atonement? Or baptism. What do we mean when we, when we talk about baptism? So there's just little ways that you can uh, really, really in an easy way, you know, have something to focus on. And then we've got this little box of cards I came across and you can find these on Amazon called Talking Point. And they've got different uh, box categories. One is family. Uh, there's another one that's specifically just Christian. And these are about, uh, again, almost like that that app that I use, Let's Talk. It just asks you questions about your family. But the point is they are conversations with a purpose and uh, just building either a closer family or just to grow what you believe or, or things that have happened in your uh, walk with the Lord. So, We'll, again, let the leader of the week pick a card from that, and then we'll just talk about it. Afterwards, like I said, there is no follow-up agenda like now, family. Turn with me in your Bibles, too. It's, that was it. That was the point. And sometimes they're silly questions. Sometimes they're meaningful. Sometimes they're good 
kind of insights into where my kids are, um, whether it's something you're afraid of or what was your favorite vacation we did, but they're just great conversation starters. So that's the first one. Talk about these things when you sit in your house. It goes on and says, talk about these. Uh, when you walk, by the way, for us, that would be in transition. And I know that the car has a, a lot of different options, whether it can be, we're just going to listen to the radio or mom and dad are going to talk or the kids might be in the back watching or listening to something, whatever it is. But that's another area where I have to remember I've got this window of opportunity. God has given this reminder in Deuteronomy 6, like, hey, talk about these things when you walk by the way, when you're in transition. So in our car, there's a few things that we do. I'll just share a few things with you. One of them is we love Adventures in Odyssey. And so we uh, will listen to those. If you're, if you're not familiar with those, Focus on the Family for uh, decades now have put out these little, little radio dramas uh, about this imaginary town called Odyssey uh, with all these different characters. And they're really well done. Uh, they're funny, but they all have a point to them. In particular, one that I love that came out a few years ago called The Ties That Bind is all about family and God's design for family. And it's really in a very tactful way, even reminding our kids what God's design is versus what the culture says uh, is what makes up a family. Um, another thing that Focus on the Family put out, uh, I love The Chronicles of Narnia by C.S. Lewis. And so um, I've read through each of those with my kids, but they put out this radio drama of all seven of the books in The Chronicles of Narnia. And these are with music and sound effects and characters. And they're really, really well well done. And we've used those on road trips. Uh, we've, we're actually now in the second round with my sons, wanting to listen to them again on the, on the way to school in the morning. Something else you can do, uh, this goes back to just sharing basics of your faith, but there is something called the New City Catechism. Uh, John Elmore talked about this earlier in the year. There's a little booklet that you can use that he uses with his family. And this is just the basics of the faith, but there is an app. And again, this is a great way to use technology called New City Catechism, where you ask your kids the questions and they've got a kid mode on that. And there's the right answer of what they should say. So question number one, what is our only hope in life and death, my boys know the answer is that we are not our own, but belong to God. And that's a really simple foundational belief, but my kids know that. But I'll just tell you, on the app, there is a song that goes with each question. And I'll be honest, first, it was a little corny because all it is is singing the question, then singing the answer. But it turns out, like we all know, music is really great and helping us remember stuff. And it ends up being really catchy. My boys, um, as we have gone through these together, really actually enjoy uh, enjoy the songs. So those are things that are general day-to-day -day stuff. I'll, I'll just end this time in your car by reminding you that Sunday is this really easy setup for you, kind of like T-ball where the ball is right there and you can knock it out of the park. You go to church and you have an opportunity now on the way to church to be talking about um, getting your heart ready. We we did a thing for a while. Um, we haven't figured out where it's going to be here now that we've moved to Dallas, but on our way to church when we were in Tyler, Every time we drove over these railroad tracks on our way to church was my reminder, hey, let's pray. Um, let's pray for our own hearts before we go hear God's word. Let's pray for the pastor. Um, let's pray for uh, other kids in your class. And let's pray for anybody coming to our church that doesn't know Jesus. And so that was a really simple thing. Sometimes if we were going through a, a passage every now and then, if if I remember this earlier, we would, uh, I'd have someone open their Bibles and read just a little bit of that passage that I knew we were going to cover that day, just tilling the soil of your heart, so to speak, getting ready to hear the seed of God's word. So on your way to church, you can be getting your hearts ready rather than everyone arguing with each other in the car, which again, can be stressful getting everybody to church on time. But then 
you have this big deal you make every week on going to church and getting all dressed up and, and getting there on time. And then so many families then drive home in silence. And the example that I've given before is that um, with, with my grown kids, I love going to see movies with them, big blockbuster movies that we know are coming out where we'll get excited about it, sometimes ride together, um, get our snacks ahead of time, and we'll be talking about it and then go watch it all together. And it would be so awkward if after this big epic movie, we got back in the car and drove home in silence and never brought it up again. And I, because we want to talk about like, what did you think about that? Or that blew my mind or what a twist or wasn't that really cool? Or I think I need to see it again. But it would be so weird if we never talked about it. But I think that's what happens in a lot of cars is that we make this big deal about going to Watermark and then we get in our car and we go home and we don't ever talk about it. So we've got a really cool tool for you called Drive Time. And you can opt into this where uh, our computers know when you when you log your kids in, re- register your kids for class. Uh, okay, your kids came to that hour, about an hour and a half later, they will we will text you, the computer texts you questions related to the study that your kids just did. And it is a great reminder for me um, I am way more likely to do that on the way home or after church than if you sent me an email or even gave me a piece of paper. I just got to be honest. If I've got it right there in front of me, I'm going to remember to do it. But besides that, even on your way home, you can talk about, hey, we just saw someone get baptized. What do you think baptism is all about? Or how come you can't take communion? Or how come some people lift their hands in worship? Or why do we think we bow our heads or close our eyes? Why do some people kneel Uh, Why do we give money? Like these are all opportunities that are just easy setups every single um, week when we go to church. And and church also, it reminds our kids they're part of a a larger community of faith. It always obviously reinforces these core beliefs. But I just remember like I've got this great opportunity every single uh, week. So that's when you sit at home, when you walk along the road. The last two, when you lie down, when you get up. The lying down one, I'll just be honest, so many times, uh, my goal each day is just get the kids to bed. Like, I just want to hurry and get them to bed so that kind of my evening can go on and I can relax. And I so many times have passed up this opportunity that God says, hey, talk about these things when you lie down. So at the end of your day. And so two big opportunities there are after we're all bathed and teeth brushed and ready and we're in bed, uh, there's a couple things. Either we will uh, that's when we'll listen to uh, a story uh, audio-wise, like an Adventures in Odyssey, or we've done a little bit of the Join the Journey listening uh, during that time. Um, maybe read them a book, but most recently, my big thing that I've been using is this app. And again, guys, here's another app. Technology is so great. There's so many opportunities. But the app is called Lectio for Families. Uh, some of you are familiar with the Lectio Divina uh, app that is just helping helping with Bible study, but they've got one for families. And let me tell you two reasons I love this. Number one is throughout the whole thing, it is this peaceful music in the background. Like it just calms my kids down, especially my eight-year-old whose mind is still wound up. Uh, my 10-year-old usually falls asleep about halfway through, but it's okay. But for my eight-year-old, it just it just kind of begins to slow things down. The second thing though, is it follows the same rhythm every single time that now my kids are getting used to and my 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 eight-year-old sitting there next to me is following along as the person is reading through it. And it just gives you, here's a verse to think about and here's our memory verse that we can all say together. And it just walks you through the kind of the same thing uh, every night. So 
I'm a big fan of that because it, it, I mean, at most, I think each one is about eight minutes long. And you see the little countdown thing as you're going along there. But uh, Lectio for Families, uh, L-A-C-T-I-O, Lectio for Families. That's kind of my end of the day routine. I will say either at night or in the morning uh, on their way to school, the the numbers six blessing, because I'll pray with them or for them. And it's just the really simple blessing of the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. Uh, the Lord lift up or the Lord turn his countenance towards you and give you peace. And my kids know I'm either going to say that at night or in the car right as they're about to get out to head to class. So that's the uh, the third window of opportunity you've got when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and then when you get up. And this is the one that probably is the least, I don't know, Bible-centered that we do as a family. Like we don't have much time in the morning where we're going to sit down and read anything or talk through a whole lot. We're just trying to get through breakfast and get dressed. It's just amazing how my kids all of a sudden turn into these sloths in the morning, just cannot move fast. But um, something that we started, and I got this, again, out of the Habits of the Household book that we started this year, and my boys know this by heart now, but um, every morning we get our backpacks ready, lunch is in there, whatever we're doing, and we uh, are ready to walk out the door, and we circle up with mom. Uh, Wherever my wife is in the house, we go find her, and the leader of the week will start us off, and they'll say this phrase, and then we repeat after them, and it's six simple things. He'll say, I'm not what I do. We all say, I'm not what I do. I'm not what I have. I'm not what others say I am, or I'm not who others say I am. I am who God says I am. I am loved by God, and that's all that matters. And we say that every morning, and the kids know it. I had to lead it at first, the beginning of the year, but probably after a week, they each got it down, and um, it's just something that I love before they go out the door, before they um, have to deal with the pressures of school, that they're reminded that they're not what they do. And that compared to other kids, you're not what you have. You're not what these other kids say you are. You are who God says you are. You are loved by God, and that's all that matters. And then we start swinging our hands, and we all together say this rhyme, may all that we say and do bring glory and honor to you. And we just kind of make it fun as we're, as we're swinging our hands. So... That's what we do every morning before we walk out the door. In the car, on the way, that's when we might listen to something, you know, to get there. It's about a 10-minute drive. But then right before they get out of the car, I just try to give them these last little reminders, whether it's, um, hey, be a blessing to your teacher, um, be a joy to your teacher, be a friend of the friendless. I might need to remind them, hey, you're not your score um, if they're taking a test. Uh, I might do the, the number six blessing on them. But what we do, always I'm saying I love you, and we do the— um, sign language sign for I love you. And it's been kind of fun uh, watching my boys do this. As long as they can still see my car, they're holding up their hands as they're walking with the I love you sign. And I love doing that too until I can see them. I got my hand out the window. And just kind of a fun, I don't know, and starting your day off, uh, reminding them how much that they are loved. So that was a whole lot right there of ways that you can apply this. Hopefully pick one that you want to start doing. And uh, there's other ideas we're going to get all during this podcast. Hopefully you're encouraged and that that is doable. And like I said, if a thing is worth doing, it's worth doing badly. Just pick a thing and and start doing it. Let me close by just encouraging you with this, that it's never too late to, to start new habits or to start over. Um, there's a guy named Alfred Noble. This is back in the 1800s. He, during his life, he issued 350 patents and established 90 armaments factories so all about weapons and things like that. A whole lot of patents. His most famous invention and patent was dynamite. And that's what he became known for. And here's a crazy thing that happened. In 1888, uh, his brother died. 
But this newspaper erroneously published his obituary. They thought that he died. So someone wrote an obituary about him. And so he gets this rare opportunity to read, how am I going to be remembered? And he was shocked and very much saddened when um, basically the obituary condemned him, A, for his invention of dynamite, but then just emphasizing all of this, you know, weapons, but specifically with dynamite. And here's what it stated. First of all, it called him the merchant of death. (laughs) They said the merchant of death is dead, which that was discouraging. And it goes on and it said, uh, and I quote, Dr. Alfred Noble, who became rich by finding ways to kill more people faster than ever, died yesterday. And he was just so blown away by, oh my goodness, that's how I'm going to be remembered. That I'm the guy that made it, you know, (laughs) more, I have more ways to kill, kill more people faster than ever. And so obviously very disappointed when he read it and he was concerned about how he's going to be remembered. He changed his legacy. He went home, he went back and he changed his last will and testament. And he set aside this bulk of his estate to establish these five prizes. So his name is Alfred Noble. And if you might guess, his uh, prizes were called the the Nobel Prizes, one of them being the Nobel Peace Prize that we all know. And he was like, if I want to be remembered for something, I want it to be for peace and not for killing people. And so just to remind you that it's never too late, um, if you're looking at this going, man, I don't know, that would be hard to start these habits. Habits are hard to start anyways, but just start somewhere. There's that phrase, start simply, but simply start. Like just pick something and just start doing it. Just see what happens and then go with that until you get that under your belt. And then if you want to try something else, great. But the point is you're doing something to fulfill that role with, you know, God's assigned role for you as a dad to be the uh, the disciple of your kids. So hopefully that helps and has given you some ideas. And uh, I'm praying for you guys that you will be faithful fathers as well. And I'm excited about all that we're going to be able to cover during our podcast. And uh, praying you have a great week. God bless you. And we'll talk to you next time.